Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. That we may obtain mercy, find grace to help in time of need. The Bible states in Psalms chapter 20 and verse number 2, David is writing, he's writing about people being in their own day of trouble and despair. And he says in verse number 2, he says, send the help from the sanctuary. And strengthen thee out of Zion. So send you help from the sanctuary. Strength out of Zion. And then in Hebrews he tells us to, to boldly go into that throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy in our time of need tonight. Amen. Uh, tonight I just feel in my spirit through the course of this service. That there may be some sitting in this place or standing here tonight that's just in that particular place right now of life that all it seems like they can get accomplished is if I can just get to the presence of the Lord. I feel like there's some people tonight that's in that mode that outside it seems of this place, times are hard, it's tough and it's difficult and you just long when one service ends when you can just get back just one more time to the house of the Lord. I want to encourage you tonight that His presence can fix some things. His presence can fix some things. Amen. Will you help me tonight as we pray? Father, I come to you this evening. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the songs, Lord, tonight. God, that you're able to help us, Lord, in this house. You're able to help us, oh, Lord Jesus, in this place. God, I pray, oh, Lord Jesus, sweep into here, Lord. Minister to the souls, Lord, hearts, lives, and believers, God, in this place here this evening. Pray, oh, God, that you're able to, Lord Jesus, secure, Lord Jesus, a mode of comfort and encouragement, God, to those that have need of it, Lord Jesus, in this place tonight. And we'll give you the honor and the glory and the majesty for it. In the lovely name of Jesus Christ that I pray. And the church say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in the lovely name of the Lord. In the lovely name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Someone say hallelujah. The game has changed. So it would be. The game has changed from the Old Testament to the New Testament. Concerning the common man's ability or privilege, might I say, to be able to approach the presence of the Almighty God. Amen. In the Old Testament times, it would seem as though as the promise that he gave to Moses that he would speak to him and have sweet interchange with him from above the Ark of the Covenant on the mercy seat that God would speak to a man, the high priest mostly for that part, and that priest would go out, intermingle and speak to the lives of the people. And so that people only had a means of the presence of the Lord to the degree uh, that they did through another man, through a priest, through a person that would go into the holies of holies by the most part just once a year to commune and speak with God. Amen. And that was a great thing. No doubt there was a certain element certain element of comfort in that that the man of God could come from the presence of God and say this is what God said 
This is what God wants or this is what God desired. No doubt there would be a sense of comfort even as we begin in the New Testament that there would be priests that would be taking the prayers of a nation of Israel and prayers of the people into the presence of the Lord, bearing them upon his shoulders, in his hands, if you will, saying, Lord, this is what your nation and this is what your people have need of, only to return from that time of prayer while those people, the Bible many times, uh, displays them as standing in the outer court uh, with anticipation, with patience, that God heard their prayer. As a matter of fact, as, as, as history and the word of God shows that the, the, the offerings even that they would bring and they would put upon the altar there in the outer court and that priest would then go into the holies of holies and even the holiest of holies and speak with God. They would know that their prayer had been heard or, or that God had listened to what their need and their concern was because the sacrifice in the outside of the, of the tabernacle in the outer court would be consumed off the altar. And it would be a notable sign to them that God heard their prayer and no doubt would in his time do something about it. I believe no doubt that if there was people that had a concern or a desire or an appetite for God, that they would go to the extent that they could go in order to get close to his presence. If the outer court was the extent that they could go, they're going to show up right there with their need, with their concern, with hope and aspirations that God would see, God would hear their prayers through the form of a priest going in and offering them up to God. Amen. And that was a great thing for Old Testament times. But as the writer in Hebrews proclaims to you and I, amen, living on this side of Calvary, living on this side of the Lord, giving up the ghost on the cross and the veil, the Bible says, and the temple being rent in twain that once prohibited you and I from going into the holies of holies. Now it's been broken open, amen, allowing every man, woman, boy, and girl with the fortitude, with the desire to enter into the holy of holies, going to boldly, the throne room of grace that we might obtain mercy. We're not now standing in some outer court with anticipation and expectation that God will hear a prayer that we sent with some priest but now we boldly enter into the throne of God with our needs, with our woundings, with our, 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 if you will, things of life that has weighed us down and we're saying, God, I need some mercy from the presence of the Lord and I know that you said you'll help me in a time of need. Can someone say amen? Sometimes what it comes down to, ladies and gentlemen, is we just need to get into the presence of the Lord. Sometimes what we need is just to get into his presence. I admit to you tonight, I like to speak and talk to people. I like to bounce things off people. I like to hear the words of encouragement that come from my peers, and that's very acceptable. And I'm not discouraging us from doing those things. But there's some things that I carry in this life, and there's some things that I experience in this life that talking to another individual is not going to be the solution. Trying to find the answer in the horoscope in the newspaper by far is not going to be the solution. Sometimes I just need a good old fashioned, if you will, walking, talking, living in the presence and in the power of the Holy Ghost. 
I'm telling you tonight, what we experience around here for a little bit, enough power in that is able to cure whatever is ailing you, whatever is bothering you. That is enough where you could cast your care upon the Lord because he could care for you. David said for those that were troubled and those that were despaired, he says, I'm speaking that help would come from the sanctuary, that you would be strengthened in your time of need. I'm here to tell you tonight, you are at a good place here at at 7.15 tonight on a Sunday night. If you've been traveling around in the muck and the mire of your circumstance or even of your past, you are in a good location tonight because sometimes all you need is entering into the presence of the Lord. I'm confident tonight that there's been enough presence in this place to somehow take care of some issues that we may have been dealing with in our life. There's strength in the presence of the Lord. Amen. We've already seen this evening, and I'm confident that it happened. The Bible tells us in the book of Acts chapter 3 and verse 19, it speaks to you and I that there are times of refreshing that shall come from the presence. Everybody say the presence. The presence of of the Lord. You might be dragging through life feeling like you're twice dead, plucked up by the roots. Been a while since you experienced anything in the church house, experienced anything supernatural in your life. Been a while since you spoke in tongue and felt the peace that I was talking about earlier. And what you need is a good old-fashioned submerging in the presence, in the power of the Lord because times of refreshing, that's where they happen. That's where they come from. It is the presence of the almighty God. Someone say amen. Amen. We just need to somehow find ourselves getting into his presence. If you've been going down with a lone face and you've been overcome tonight and it seems like your joy has been stolen and all hope has been lost, the psalmist told you and I, amen, that in his presence is fullness of joy and at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. Amen. And we have a great opportunity extended to us that was not extended to them of the Old Testament. You and I can walk walk right on in to where the presence and the power and the supernatural of God abodes and abides and we can find everything that we have need of in the presence of the Lord. You can find it in the presence of the Lord. That's what some of all, all of us indeed, but that's what some of us need in particular tonight is just to get into the presence of the Lord. You may have come into this place and you may have some baggage, amen, of yesteryear or even just last week and there are intimidating voices in your mind and in your heart that says you can never go forward. You will never be anything in this world nor in the kingdom of God. There may be some sitting among me tonight that's had a past experience with God but it's been so many years ago what you felt and what you knew is just a distant memory but I come to preach to that person tonight you are at the right place at the right time God can cause a fresh wind of his spirit to blow up on your life and what you experienced five years ago can become anew and afresh in his presence God can fix it in his presence. There's power tonight. Someone say there's power. There's power in his presence. 
Well, Brother McGee, this is, what, this is what my scenario is. This is what I'm dealing with. I've been dealing with the adversary. I've been dealing with the enemy of my soul. He has been riding my back, so to speak. He has been filling my head and my ears. He's been speaking to me, and I've been believing every word he said. He's the deceiver, and I've been deceived. He's been lying, and I've been accepting his lie as truth. And the enemy's been speaking to my mind. He's been speaking to my life. He's been speaking to my heart. Let me tell you tonight, and this, this is not the deepest message of the year, but I believe it's a pertinent message for right now. What you need, I know sometimes we won't say it's five amens and one hallelujah or if you can do this or that sometimes it's just this basic you need to find the presence of God the psalmist David said he said when my enemies are turned back they shall fall and perish at thy presence what David was saying is this I start to lose enemies whenever I find myself in the presence of the Lord my enemies become less and fewer and fewer when I find myself in the presence of the Lord so if he's on your back if he's been speaking to your mind just get in the presence of God because There's enough presence here tonight. I'm telling you, I underscore that and tell you there's enough presence here tonight, amen, to supply the exact need that you have, the presence of the Lord. In the surplus, in the abundance that's here. Miracles. Everybody say miracles. Miracles can take place in the presence that I have felt here tonight. Someone say Amen. With that being said, I'm going to prove it to you by the word of God. If you'll turn with me to the book of Joshua, chapter number 3. The Bible states something here in Joshua. This may be a familiar story perhaps to some. But what is the setting of the scripture is this. Is that Joshua and those of the nation of Israel are in preparation of crossing over the Jordan into the land of promise. Into the land that God had given them, said was theirs, and said they could likewise possess it. They're going to have to cross over Jordan in order to do this. In order to accomplish this. They're setting all things in order order and this is what the word of the Lord says in Joshua 3 and verse number 15 because the Bible told Joshua you get the priests you get them hallelujah listen you get them and you get them carrying the ark of the covenant you get them carrying that very symbol representation of the presence of God you get them carrying that and whenever the priest's feet hit the brink of the water the water on the left is going to push back and the water on the right is going to push back and they're going to go over on dry ground. Said the miracle is going to happen. Now watch what the scripture says in verse 15. It says, and as they bear the ark, they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan. Here it is being played out. And the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water. Now here is the parenthetical phrase here. Usually you see something in parentheses. It's just kind of a little additive information there. A little by the way. 
type of scenario. And they said when the, 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 they bore the, the ark, the priest did, and their feet dipped into the brim of the water. Notice what it says. For Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of the harvest. The Bible says in verse 16 when they did that, the waters which came down from above stood and rose upon a heap very far from the city of Adam. In other words, it split to the left and it split to the right and they were able to walk through. Everybody say, that's a miracle. That's a miracle. Listen to me though tonight. The parenthetical phrase said that the Jordan overflowed its banks at all times at the time of harvest. What that meant is at this particular time as they are crossing over the Jordan, the Jordan was beyond the realm of its banks. You hear me? It was beyond the realm. It was overflowing. Woo. It was overflowing. And so the priest's feet touched the water sooner than what it had if Jordan hadn't been overflowed. Someone hear me. Right across the river is their promise. Right across the river, if you will, is drawing closer to the place, God, I'm going to put myself and my name and my presence. Right across the river is that place. But since the Jordan is in a condition of overflow, their feet is hitting the river sooner, the miracle is happening faster. And they're entering on into their promise a little sooner. Somebody hear me. What I am trying to convey to you this evening is this. Because Jordan wasn't just in the natural or just wasn't normal, but super normal. Since Jordan wasn't as it always was, but a little bit more than what it was, the miracle, listen to me here, the miracle actually took place in the overflow. The miracle took place in the overflow. Somebody not getting it quite yet. What I'm saying is there has been enough supernatural power that's happened in this house tonight that Jordan is swelling. Jordan is swelling. There's an overflow of Jordan right now. If somebody would just take a step forward, you're gonna enter into the miraculous a whole lot sooner than what? Because there's a miracle in the over. And the sooner I get there, every need will be supplied. It's a land flowing with milk and honey. It's the miraculous. It's the almighty power of God in the land of prop. That's the reason why we admonish around here when you feel what you have just felt, go on and raise your hands. When you feel what you just felt, you just go on and claim what you need of in your life. When you feel what you just felt, if you need the Holy Ghost, lift up those hands and open up your mouth. If you feel what you just felt, you begin to claim deliverance and promises. Why? Because it's during the time of the overflow that the miracle happens quicker. It's during the time... Some would say yes. Someone say hallelujah. Sometimes just getting in his presence. 
fix some things. Amen. I don't got an hour of counsel in me to be able to tell you how it all just get right, how it all just correct itself. Sometimes my simple counsel can be this. Just get in His presence. Just, just get into His presence. I know that in Acts 3, the man that was lame went to the city gate day by day. And everybody and their brother will say it's because he was there to be seen in the eye of the public. And that was a thoroughfare of people in order for him to receive alms. Amen. Sitting at the gate of the temple. But I wonder tonight if the lame man was there because that was as close as he could get at that time. Close as he could get at that time to the presence of the Lord. I wonder if what was going through his mind, I'm going to get as close as I can get because if it's going to happen, it's going to happen near or around. Someone say yes. And so we admonish around here, get to the house of God. We admonish around here when the church doors are open, try to get to church. Try to get into the presence of the Lord. Why? Amen. We want God to do this and God to do that. And we just sat on our duff. That is not the thing at home. No, 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 no. Amen. The likelihood increases if I can just get close, near or nigh to the presence of the Lord. He'll help you today. Amen. Your perspective will change when you get into the presence of the Lord. When you thought you couldn't make it, you'll leave saying, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. If you can just get into the presence of the Lord. David was saying in Psalm 73, he said, when I look around me and I see the wicked, how they're flourishing, and I see how they're prospering, and I look at my own life and I say, woe is me. I'm trying to do the best that I can do for God, yet it seems like trouble after trouble's befallen me. Amen. Enemies are coming upon me. Amen. I look this way and that way. They have fatness in their crops. They have fatness in their livestock, and mine are barely surviving. And I'm asking God, how in the world can this be? How can this go on? That the ungodly are prospering and the godly seem not to be prospering. And I'm all overwhelmed with all of this mess. But he said in verse number 17, he said, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then I understood their way. David says, my perspective changed concerning where I was in the kingdom when I got in the presence of God. When you get into the presence of God, you come to realize that before you got there, you thought you were the tail and everybody else was the head. But when you get into the presence of God, you realize you're the head and you're not the tail. When Someone say amen. It can fix some things. Everybody say in a moment. In a moment. There's been friends, pastoral acquaintances that I know that's had people that has been involved and I'm not knocking this but I'm just saying what can happen when you get in God's presence. That's had months of marital counseling to try to undo the havoc that's took place in their home and their marriage. Struggling. Horribly. But 
just one time. One time. In the deep solitude of his presence. Can repair what months of therapy could not repair. There's been people in this church in the past that's been given diagnosis and going through medical conditions with medicine to try to alter or better their way of life, dealing with a circumstance, taking care of symptoms, ignoring the problem. But one time, one time in his presence, One time in his presence has healed cirrhosis of the liver. One time in his presence, amen, has caused various other things that we can't even just go into to do tonight, took care of all those things. Just this past uh, weekend when we was up, the Brother DeSecos, he was telling us a lot of Brother Ebright stories, and I'm not by far going to get into all of those. But nevertheless, amen, we are having a good time. And he was speaking about Brother Ebright. He said he went on a 40-day fast one time. He said he fasted. He didn't fast. He fasted everything except water. For 40 days. And he said there were things that happened that 40 days. If I told people they probably wouldn't believe. <laughs> he had another minister friend that called him later at that 40 day fast. And asked him about how he did that and everything. <laughs> and this individual was ju- drinking juice. And he told Brother DeSico when he got off the phone with him. He said he's a sissy. <laughs> 40 days with water. Bless God. So he's seen some things. But Brother DeSico said, man, I tell you, during that time, he said, God used Brother Ebright in a great way and used, moved through him, the presence of the Lord. He said, we were in a service here at the home church. He said, and there was a guy, he said, sitting up front in his wheelchair that came regularly to our service. He said, Brother Ebright went over him in the way that he did. Brother Ebright is not a flamboyant man. He was not. He just kind of walked over to him. He said, Brother, would you like to walk? Now you ask somebody in the wheelchair if they'd like to walk. Yes, sir. He said, well, stand up and walk. This man had not walked in years. Had not walked in years. And that man stood up and he took a step. And he took another step. And Brother DeSico said, he took off running around that church. What are you saying? I'm saying he could be confined to a wheelchair for years. But one moment... In his presence, just like the lame man at the gate, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have. One moment in the presence of the Lord. Brother McGee, that's a great story. That's a great story it's from the Old Testament and the New Testament. That's great. Let me tell you, it's God's will. It's God's desire for those very same type of things happening in our hour and our generation. If he spoke to his disciples and he said, greater things than these shall you see. But another place he said, greater than these shall you do. Then it's for us. It's for our generation and for our hour. There needs to be a miracle in the overflow in the last days. Hallelujah.
I don't know how else to preach it, but preach it like this today. He already settled the issue at Calvary. He already settled the issue of healing at Calvary. He already settled the issue of the miracles at Calvary. All we got to do is speak the name of Jesus and appropriate now what he already did back then. And if it happens, glory be to God. And if it don't happen, we just take that up with God because I can't do it, you can't do it. But his presence can. His presence came. So let me tell you what that means. That means sometimes we're going to come forward and we're going to pray for the healing and pray for the miracle. And we're going to have to have belief in the house of the Lord. And there's going to be times it takes place. And there's going to be times that it don't take place. But here's what you must do. Do not regulate the times that it don't take place for the next time that you pray. For the next time that you ask God to do what he's known to do. Just got to get just his presence. It's his presence. His spirit, his power, his presence. His help comes from the sanctuary. My perspective changed when I get to the house of God. His presence, fullness of joy, pleasures forevermore, glory and honor in his presence. His presence, his presence, his presence. The frustration is when we try to operate outside of his presence. I know he's able. But there, I know he's able. We've seen it, Bishop. We have seen it. Brother Mason, you've seen it. I know that he's able. But what I need today is a modern day demonstration. What we all need is a modern day demonstration. Uh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul said, Whenever I came to them, I didn't come to speak with them. With man's wisdom. Enticing words of man's wisdom. He said, but I came in demonstration of spirit. And of power. So I didn't come with a fine-tooth sermon. And a couple songs and an offering. He said, I came in demonstration of spirit. And what's Paul saying? Paul's saying, I got in his presence. <laughs> Hallelujah. I got in his presence. You say, Brother McGee, you understand how it all works? No, I don't. I don't understand how it all works. But I just trust who does the working. I don't understand how it all works. I just trust the one who does the working. And it's not me. It's God. It's God that does the work. I say all that tonight because I understand some things can be fixed in his presence. All things can if he wills it. All things. If God wills a thing, listen to me. If God wills a thing, then there's nothing that can stop it. If God wills it, except the will of the one who it's supposed to take place in. And here's why I say that. Because when it came to the man that was a leper, and he said, Wilt thou be made clean? He said, I will. Christ was saying, I got the desire. But do you? I have a will to do it. But my will will not force your will. 
And he says, so if you will, you don't have to say another word because I already will. He said, it's not a matter of you begging me. It's not the matter of you clasping your hands with tears in your eyes. Say, please, oh, please, God, would you? No, 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 no. If you will. It's it. Why are you saying all this? Because I believe his presence can fix anything. We got a lot of stuff around here that could be fixed. I believe that. I believe that. I'm trying in my prayer to grow stronger and believe in that day by day. Got a lot of things around here that can be fixed. If I can just get in his presence. Now I'm sharing this with you. I'm going to share this with you and I'm entrusting you with something right now. I'm trusting with you something right now. I told my wife the other night, I'm trusting you with something. I don't know all the ins or outs of it. I don't know when it'll take place. I don't know when it'll happen. But I do know this. I do know what God spoke. It was about two years ago. Two years ago, I went to a service over at South Gibson. They had a, they had a guest minister there. They had an evangelist that was there. I went by myself. Did not take my wife or children with me. I just went by myself. It's just one of those times I just felt like McGee needed to go to church by himself. I don't know. Maybe it's a preacher thing. Every once in a while, I just need to go to church. And nobody else has to go. I just need to be there. And I was there sitting in that service, uh, Brother, Brother Daniel, and I remember the, the man preached. I remember what he preached on. Amen. But unbeknownst to me, this certain evangelist that was there, God used him in the gifts, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, so on and so forth. And God used him that night, and I was just sitting there in the pew being a backing pastor. You know, I know what that preaching stuff's all about. I was cheerleading and everything else. Amen. Over there and just preaching with the preacher. And whenever that service came to, to a close of the altar call, God began to move through that gentleman with, with, with words of wisdom and words of knowledge and things of that nature. And I was sitting over on that side of the church all by myself. And there I was in service. And he came over and he laid his hand upon me. And he said, Pastor, he said, I, I see your church. He said, you've been in some financial struggles. And at that time, that was absolutely true. He said, you've been in some financial struggles. He says, I see some structural damage happening to the church and water is coming in. He says, but don't be afraid because God's going to take care of it. That was prior to all this flooding that happened on this roof about a year and a half or so ago that was all over in this time. He said, don't be worried about all the financial side. He said, God's going to take care of everything. He said that word and he walked. I didn't know what he was talking about, but I'm just going to say, yay, Lord. He started talking about structural damage to our church. You know, we, we have earthquakes and tornadoes and everything else around here. I'm saying, oh God, hallelujah. I'm glad you're going to take care of it. And just believing in God's word. And as he began to walk away, he turned back around. He said, one more thing. He said, but he said, Pastor, he said, I see somewhere in your future that God is going to bring into your life somebody that has esophageal cancer. He said, and you're going to pray for them and God is going to heal their body. God is going to perform a miracle in their body. Well, I say, you know, being to me according to thy word, Lord. He said some other things. I got it written down in a journal at home. I journaled all this stuff as soon as I got home. Did not want to forgive it. But the other night I was sitting over here. I'm just, I'm just preaching. I don't know why I'm doing all this, but I was just over here sitting here the other night and Bishop stood up and he went 
went to do prayer requests as he oftentimes does prayer requests and he was going through the list and he came to the name of Sister Nadine. I hadn't talked to Sister Nadine but evidently they had. They went and seen her on that Friday before and as he stood up here he said the doctor says that she has cancer that's now in her left lung. I believe it was her right lung that's merging over to her left lung. Amen. She, she, she has cancer in her lymph nodes and then he said a word in my memory just attached to something of two years ago and he said she has cancer in her esophagus and my mind rushed back to you two years ago what God spoke and said and I said God I told my wife when I got home I said God brother I even got out the journal found that journal it tucked away somewhere and opened that thing and began to read again just to make sure I hadn't forgot or to somehow just skewed something up and God said you're going to pray for somebody amen that has esophageal cancer and they're going to be healed not because of McGee but because of God's presence I'm here to tell you tonight I don't know if she's the one but when the next time I see her if I go to her house or whatever. I'm going to go in her there and say, Sister, Mc- Sister Nadine, God, this is what God said and I'm just going to lay my hands on you as though you're the one. And if we can get in his presence, I believe it can happen. The miracle in the overflow. Because the mentality, and let me tell you, I have fallen prey to it just as much as you are. I have fallen prey to it just as much as people sitting on the pew. The mentality is this. She's in her 80s or how, how it happens. These people get an old age. They have afflictions that touch their body. Well, you know, they've lived a good long life and we give up at that point in time. Whatever happens is going to happen because they've lived a good long life. I want to tell you something that you can live a good long life and God can still place his hand upon you and heal you of your sickness and your disease and your prognosis and your Hezekiah was already well along in years too but God added to his life 15 years that's not where we should stop believing that's where our faith should stand not in the wisdom of men but in the power of God. Yes. His presence can fix some things. His presence can fix some things. Woo! Oh, raise your hands right now to the Lord. Musicians, go on and come. I feel the presence of the Almighty God in this place. Hallelujah! 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 <laughs> 
Jesus, 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 Jesus. I tell you what, I feel like God is seeking out somebody's will tonight. God is seeking out somebody's will. God is seeking out somebody's will. Hear me tonight. Hallelujah. God is just looking for a vessel to perform the miraculous in. Hallelujah. Uh Oh, yeah. Uh, His presence can fix some things. His presence can fix some things. Somebody say, God, increase my faith. God, increase my faith. The Bible records that Paul was in the place of Lystra and there sat a man at Lystra that was impotent in his feet. He was a crippled from his mother's womb. He never, I say never, never, never walked. But this same man heard Paul speak and beheld Paul as he spoke (laughs) and Paul in his spirit perceived that that man had faith to be healed you know when it comes down to this Paul recognized that someone in that place their will was corresponding with the will of God And whenever Paul perceived that, he said with a loud voice to that man, he said, stand upright to thy feet. And the man that never walked, leaped up and walked because his will had got in harmony with the will of God. I don't got a three-step program here tonight. I don't got a five-step program and a couple subtopics of A and B. But what I feel in the spirit right now at this hour is this. That if you have elements in your body that you need healing, you need the miracle in. I feel like in this service, we're living in the season of harvest of overflow. Hallelujah. And so tonight, I don't care however big or small it may be on the human scale. You hear me? I don't care how big or small it may be on the human scale. I don't care if it's crippling arthritis. I don't care if it's heart disease. I don't care if it's respiratory problems. I don't care if if, if it's crippling spine or legs or bones. I don't care if it's brain tumors. You hear me? I don't care if it's any of that stuff. And the reason why I say this is because God doesn't care. But if you have ailments in your heart, you say, well, I've been prayed for five times and it's never happened. 
Well, who's not to say that it may just happen this time? If Jesus can lay hands on a blind man and say, how are things? And he says, I see meanest trees. And Jesus can turn around and have to pray a second time for the guy to say, I see them clearly. Then who are we if we must pray five or six or every time that the opportunity avails itself that pre-adventure at that moment the will of Calvary might become the will of the present. So we're opening up this altar tonight. I'm glad Bishop helped me. But here's what I'm asking of you. Faith. Faith. Doubt. Unbelief. No room. Doubt and unbelief. The Bible says that the Ford that bore the man that was a paralytic and there was no room in the house. They got up on the roof and they tore the roof off the house to get the man down. And the Bible says when God, when Christ seen their faith, their faith was this, we're willing to go do whatever is necessary in order to see happen what needs to happen. I'm just stepping here in uncharted waters tonight. But whatever you may have tonight, again, disease, if it's emotion, if it's physical, spiritual, matters not. We want to fill this altar up here with you folks. We're going to anoint you with oil. We're going to command whatever it is in the name of Jesus to have its flight. But here's where the true test comes. And I told you this a few Sundays back. Many times in Scripture when Christ did a miracle or a healing in someone's life, He would then require them to do something they would not otherwise be able to do. Brother Ebright told the man that was a cripple in the wheelchair, walk. He couldn't walk. Christ told the withered hand, stretch forth your hand. Couldn't otherwise do that. What is he doing? He's given a demonstration that what has been spoken wasn't just spoken, but that it happened. Someone hear me? That's the reason why the man of 38 years that was around the pool of Bethesda, everybody's getting in before him. Christ says, hey, he said, this guy says, I don't have no man to put me in the water. Christ says, hey, why don't you take up your bed and walk? The 38-year-old, the 38-year-old infirmity of the man that he had, he got up and started doing what he hadn't been able to do before. Now, see, that requires faith. you start to try doing what your physical condition said you could not otherwise do but you do it and there's no repercussions honey you're walking in the overflow of the miraculous I'm going to fill this area up here tonight if you have faith I'm, I'm talking to people I'm telling you if you have faith and if you're saying Lord if thou wilt if that's your attitude tonight, please come forward. If not, please, I'm not here to embarrass anybody. If that's not your attitude, don't worry about it. Just stay where you're at. Maybe another service or another time. But if in your heart you're saying, yes, I believe it can happen tonight. I believe it can take place right now. I believe God can perform the miraculous in my life tonight, right now. If that's you, then come. If that's not you tonight, that's all right. Just stay where you're at. Amen. But we're going to pray. You're saying, listen, listen. 
I don't have to feel anything for you to get your miracle. I don't have to feel anything for you to get your miracle. I don't have to lay my hand on you and flop like old fish out of water and say, ah! I don't have to do any of that. God, it's God that does the work. I don't have to feel anything. God does the work. Amen. I don't have to put both hands on you and shake you around like a rattle on a baby's hand. No. Just speak the word of faith. And he said he sent his word and he healed them. And when your faith and your will touches what God already wills to do, the miraculous can happen. Does anybody believe that? Can we lift up our voices all across this place in Him? Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you and have a blessed day.